We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 61 of Married Millennials. Last week's episode was awesome. It really was. First time we released an interview, Tom Williamson was amazing, really good guy, great conversation. Appreciate all of you guys who listened to the interview. Tons of new downloads, yeah. new listeners. So for all you new listeners out there. Hello. Hello and welcome to yeah. the Love Jays family. We love you. We appreciate you. This platform is all about love, positivity, friendship, happiness, relationships, sex, craziness, all of that stuff millennials go through. <laughs> <laughs> sex and craziness. <laughs> yeah. True story. Money. Can't avoid Money, you can't yes. forget about that. We talk, Stud- student loans as our, our slogan suggests. Talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening to a new episode besides last week, welcome, welcome, welcome. Interviews are a little different because we don't get to just ramble on like we usually do. So <laughs> I won't I won't say ramble. We don't we ramble. We don't get to have the same type of dialogue <laughs> yes, that we typically exactly. have. Much Where it's well the two said, of us well being said. reckless. Right, exactly. It requires you to be a little more polished. Yeah. Even though Tom was game, I appreciated he that. He was. About him. And, yeah. and that was the the best thing about the interview is if when you sit down with someone, you don't know how they're going to respond. And for yeah. those of you who've listened to the show for a while, you understand that Joy and I are pretty ridiculous and aren't yeah. afraid to go there with conversations. Yeah. And some people just may not be comfortable with those type of conversations or those yeah. debates or questions. And Tom literally walked in here and was all smiles, all fun. Yeah. Just had, this is not going to be your traditional interview. Yeah, as soon as we told him, like, hey, we just want an uh, honest and open conversation. Like, let's vibe about life. He was like, bet. And came in, and it, it yeah. was just great fun. And, and so for those of you who are listening, you're like, hey, one day I may be a guest on the show, is come in with that mentality. Yeah. Come with just being open and ready to have a true, fun, honest conversation. Right. Because yeah, that's really where we learn. Yeah. And you can sit here and watch different interviews on TV. And I was a TV student. And one of the main reasons why I didn't pursue TV from a journalistic form was because I just never felt comfortable sitting at the desk, the news anchor desk, left hand over right hand, posture straight, stare right in the camera and say, hello, and thank you for tuning in to the 10 o'clock news. Right. It was, it was just one of those, like, no, this is not me. I have a little bit of slouch when I sit. It's not authentic. Yeah, it's, it's not authentic at all. But I also think that's a generational thing, right? I, I think our generation is very into uh, authenticity, transparency, because if you notice, the older generation is like, why are you revealing all that? Why are you talking about that? Like, hey, slow your roll. Yeah, very true. And we're all like, tell us all the good. So Because we, we do, I think, we want to learn and we want to grow in a real way. Well, true. And Not that the generations before didn't, but we were just we're approaching things differently. But you know what's interesting, too, is when you talk to your elders, people always say, is that, oh, don't make the same mistakes I make. Don't mis- make the same mistakes. But then when you really ask, like, well, what kind of mistakes did you make? What kind of advice do you give me? And it requires them to open up about some things. They don't want to give that to you. Yeah, they might be a little bit more tight I was like, okay, so you're preaching all this. But if I come to you and sincerely say, okay, 
if you don't want me to make these same financial mistakes, well, what financial mistakes did you make? How much money did you really lose? Right. What did this decision cost you? Right. Like, let me know. But if you're not going to open that door, it's like, yeah, you can preach it and it's all gravy. But at the same time, like, let's, but let's get I in there. But when I think about it, I think our parents are probably much more open with us than their parents were with them. Oh, 100%. So, it's like, you know, I just think that it, we're growing as we go along. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think – it's just not it, – in them the same way to real, reveal their hand. Well, it's not even just it's not even just them. I mean, it's, we have friends who are also very tight-lipped with certain right. personal decisions right. or, or right. circumstances in which they're dealing with, and I understand the well, importance. Well, that's their right. You're yeah. allowed to have And, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I understand that there's an importance of keeping some things private. I truly get right, that. Right, but then we it's, hard, it's hard to get somewhere. Correct. It's like we don't share 100% of everything that happens in our life on yeah. this platform. I mean, eventually we end up just but I, it. But yeah. I feel like for the most right. part is we do open up and it allows for open and honest conversation and yeah. allows us to facilitate not just on this platform, but also on our relationship outside of Love Jays, outside of Married Millennials yeah. is because we're willing to have these these open conversations. We can dive in and no, you're not going to always agree and yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but when you're able to do that, it just unlocks different doors. I'm, I'm happy that we're there. I hope more people get there as well. It just takes time. So you just you just got to be you got to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable. And the more and and it's funny because you've always said that. I I know I have yeah. always said it, but in life, I have been slow to make to myself uncomfortable as far as going after my dreams, going after things I really want. I've always has said like in yeah. relationships and friendships, like yeah, here this is me. I have no, I'm I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to open my heart and cry. I, I, people who really know me be like, yeah, Justin's a big baby. But when it came to life, I was a little slower to just be like, okay, I'm going to just sit in my comfort zone. I'm going to sit in my comfort zone. A perfect example of this is when we go to events, Joy is so much better than me than going up and talking to people. And I am the naturally extrovert. I'm the natural extrovert. Yeah. I'm I won't say I'm more outgoing, but I'm not afraid to be social. I think social we're the same amount settings. of outgoing. That's that's the weird thing. Yeah. Even though you're extroverted and I'm introverted, I'm a little we're 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 the same amount of outgoing, but my the reason why I can do that I think is cuz I'm not afraid of random conversation. Yeah. And again, I don't like small talk, but if I have a purpose, I could do it. But it goes back to, to what I just said is you're okay with getting out of that comfort zone. It's like, I don't care that I don't know you. I don't care that you don't know me. I don't care if you think this is <laughs> Okay, awkward. but you do realize that that is a comfort zone for me. It's uncomfortable for me not to just say what I'm thinking Interesting. to people. Interesting. Yeah, that is that is comfortable. I'm I'm uncomfortable having to hold my tongue. I don't like it. So your comfort zone is going up to strangers and be like, hi, I'm Joy. Yes. But, oh, that's interesting. But with a purpose because gotcha. I'm terrified of of being like, hi, I'm Joy and having nothing to say because I can't bring up something random and I'm going to have to talk about the weather yeah, for small 10 Yeah, t- small talk is always tough. I don't like I've that. Gotten, I've gotten okay at small talk and then finally say, excuse me for a minute and then you never come back. That's oh, the best that's way good. To or like, you know, have you met so-and-so and then dip out no, if you know somebody the, else. The best way yeah. is, okay, is that, you know, excuse me for a minute and then you just walk away and you never come back. 
That, that seems so rude. It's not rude, but if there's nothing to talk about, the funny thing is, is if you feel <laughs> awkward in the conversation, the person that you're talking to feels just as awkward in the conversation. Well, we know we have nothing <laughs> okay, more to talk about. Okay, but see, this is where I wish we could just both be honest and be like, okay, well, I'm finished with this conversation. I think you are too. And let's dip. <laughs> like the intricacies of of social interaction are, just elude me sometimes. I'm, I'm just, my mind's blown. I excuse me for a minute and I'm never coming back. That seems that's a rude thing to do. If you really think about it on a fundamental level, that's rude. But I may come back and see you later in the night. But in this minute, in this minute could be multiple minutes or an hour, two hours. Or just never or again. Or not again. But it, it, you just use minute so as rude. a sweeping statement to, hey, this is what it is. Well, now whenever, if anybody listens to this, that we're ever in a social setting with you, say, excuse me for a minute. <laughs> They're going to be like, uh-huh, you're not coming back. Not com- Please yeah. call him out but if you I meet will, us later. I will gladly <laughs> allow for you to call me out. You just, you just said your go-to exit line. I'm like, yeah, the conversation was over. <laughs> but I appreciate you calling me out. Do you have something more interesting to say? And if you don't, and if Do I don't, remember then there, we're done. There is this movie. And I can't remember what it was. It was uh, Ricky Gervais and I think Jennifer Gardner. And I can't remember the title of the movie, but basically no one could lie. Everyone was very, very honest. Can't exist in that world. Yes, but like there is, I mean, this is, sorry for the parents listening, but there is a scene where the girl, or the I think Jennifer Gardner's character answers the door and she goes, oh, you're very ugly. Uh, I feel like... I'll be back in a few moments. I'm going to masturbate for a little bit because this isn't going to go anywhere. Like, so she goes upstairs before the day. Okay. And he waits. And then she goes back down. And they go on their date. And she's like, you know, I'm not really interested. And I think they end up falling for each other over time. But it's just like they're brutally honest with each other. And I think that I would probably thrive. You would thrive in that world. In that kind of world. And I would say you're probably in the point zero zero one percent of people who like, yeah, this is perfectly fine. Right. It, it's nice, but it's like, well, damn. You can't even – but the problem with that is that you can't even hold anything to yourself. You can't even just – like, I'm going to just have this little something that I have in my, my chest or my hip pocket. You're like, nope, everything's out for the world. Right, and I think that that's where true freedom is, though. I don't find feel freedom in having secrets because it's just a weight. I don't want to be weighed down. I like to fly. So I, I, I would like to be honest, and I don't like – when I feel I can't be honest for the sake of, you know, political correctness. Yes, zero. Not someone, political. Someone correctness, else's feelings. But like being like socially, because it's socially unacceptable to do so. Not even because it's not politically correct. It's just like a little off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't love that. But back to you. I wanted to go back to you when you were saying it's you find it difficult to be vulnerable when it comes to your career. Mm-hmm. I think that that's because, you know, there's very little consequence when you're not vulnerable in relationships or not very little consequence, but the, the consequences are different and not at the shifts aren't potentially life changing. Right. Good or not bad. Typical, and you can fix it a lot faster because it can boil down to a conversation or like, you know, a month of putting in your best, putting your best foot forward or whatever. So I might say that there are no consequences and not being vulnerable in your relationships, but I think there's more of a chance for you to fix that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a little more vulnerable in your career, you go after what you want or whatever, the consequences tend to be a little bit more permanent. Mm-hmm. But so do the rewards. So it's kind of like, uh, but it, it does 
for some reason, I, I agree with that, that the, the career aspects of things feels like a bigger gamble. Well, what it is is we live in a fear-based society. Yeah. And instead of, you know, as children, we're taught to dream, dream, dream big. And as soon as you become adult, it's a quit your dreams. This is the life. If you do anything wrong or you do something differently, you're going to fail. Right. So we just operate in this sea of fear. And right. I am guilty of it. Joy is guilty of it. Yeah. Every one of you I've had to unlearn fear. For sure. We all have. Even still, I'm unlearning it. And it is taking everything. It's a, it's a full... <laughs> deconstruction yeah. of the mind. Like, okay, I can manifest and accomplish all these different things. Is it going to be easy? No. Am I going to mess up and probably take a misstep? Yes. Am I going to fail more times right. than I succeed? Most likely. And, but there are the people who are successful are the ones who are willing to say, I'm going to look that fear dead in its face and right. say, I'm okay with what happens from, right. this, from this action. What I've learned, it's, it's, it boils down to operating with a level of consciousness, right? I think we're unconsciously being led by fear. And if you don't realize it, then you're just going to keep living your life that way. But if you really stop and think about all the decisions you're making, you boil down to the root of why you're making that decision, oftentimes it boils down to, I'm scared that this will happen. I'm scared that that will happen. I'm scared that this will happen. It's never, or it's very rarely, I'm making this decision in hopes that this will happen. So I'm trying to, to switch from a space of fear to a space of hope and obviously love. It's funny you, you made point of the conscious I was reading, I, I currently am reading a book. It's called You're a Badass at Making Money by Jennifer Sincero. And I came across this quote literally this morning while I was working out. And she said, the thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that we don't consciously reject, we unconsciously accept. Yes. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I'm that's, saying. That's literally what you just High said. Five. Came across that, that book, that, that quote this morning. And it was right before I was stepping into the sauna. And I'm listening to it on an audio book. And I was like, wait, let me rewind that and text it to myself. And then sure enough, here you come, make that point. Yeah. And, and here it is. But that's true. And I did, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this is really a, a big thing. And I, that's been my issue. I won't say my issue, but my what's holding me back at some point is I am not consciously, deliberately stating, saying, hey, I don't want to accept this. I can do this. I won't settle for this. I want to accomplish that. And once you get there, it yeah. can move. And I'm slowly getting there. I mean, I'm going to be fully transparent here. It has been a journey. <laughs> right. It is a process, and I'm not at all. You're about you here. get comfortable. Yeah, I'm not. I am. I mean, Justin will. You'll. You know. Sometimes I'm not, I'm not risk adverse. But I like comfortability. Right. <laughs> I feel like somebody, you, Justin will be in the waiting room thinking like he's made it to his appointment. So I feel like you're the person like who gets to the waiting room, you get the magazine, you turn on the TV, you put your feet up, and it's like, this is just the waiting room. And you're like, yeah, but I like it here. You know, instead <laughs> of like, you know, there's more to come. It's like I'm chilling Let's in go. purgatory. Yeah. Like, nah, purgatory is yeah. cool. It's not hell. Yeah, you but just. But this is all right. Exactly. You dig in, and I don't I don't know what that is. It's it's a fear thing. Yeah. And now you have to get over it and be willing to say, okay, I'm going but to you, step out. But you'll thrive in your purgatory. If I, I like, will. You will make the best of. <laughs> 
love your purgatory. Whereas I'm like, I'm in purgatory. Get me out. <laughs> yeah. But that's what's amazing about you. And that's what's great about this partnership is strengths and weaknesses. Right. You know, we jokingly said that in a show previously. But it, it I've always been to, serious about yeah, that. No, but yeah, when I say jokingly, but yeah. it wasn't in all sincerity right. is that is the truth is your strength is being able to just say, like, no, you got to get uncomfortable, look beyond it, look past it. Yeah, what more, what more is there? And, and one of my managers in a previous job used to always say, peel back the onion, peel back the onion. And it used to piss me off every time he said it. And then when I sit my, submitted my two weeks, I ended up sending an email out to the entire office and addressed all my colleagues one by one on different little memories that we had shared. And I had made mention to the, the one thing that drove me nuts I told him, I said, now that I think about it in reflection, that peel back the onion really does accomplish a lot of things. Right. As you look and see things at face value, and you may accept it. Or you're like, okay, well, I've peeled it, but that's just layer one. What does layer two, three, four, five, six, seven right. look like? And if you're willing to get to those different layers, you may experience and accomplish and see something so far unbelievable that you could have only imagine but now right. it's manifested in its reality yeah i think i've come to realize that a lot of humans are very lazy with existence like you just kind of let life happen to you and it's very common so when you start to it's a fear-based society right so when you start to try to shape your life i also find that you do find some resistance too from people who do let life happen 100 percent yeah. So, I mean, it's, you obviously do have to surrender at some point to things. Like, some things are out. Sometimes you got to just take the L. Right. Like, when it's all there, you're like, no, right. I'm still going here. But no, you can't just roll over always. So, I, yeah, I think it's a – but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying our life's journey. I am enjoying I, it. And I'm happy that we're on the same page. You guys, I'm going to bring it up again. When I tell you that cutting out animal products saves <laughs> lives, it really does. The clarity – I challenge everybody – to cut out animal products for two months, 60 days. You don't have to do it permanently, but just see what happens to your brain. It's crazy. And and I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of context here. Joy was saying this like immediately after. Oh, my gosh, my mental but clarity. But I felt it immediately. I know, but, but <laughs> I'm, let me, I'm the skeptic. Let's talk about the skeptic here because people <laughs> like to hear the skeptics. <laughs> Is... I was like, Joy, you're crazy. Here you go making stuff up. And her thing that she used is talking about when an animal is, is killed or slaughtered. Right. Their emotional state. Or even the way that they're they're held in captivity. It, she believes that their emotional, the way they're at, when the emotional state that they're in when they die now lives in them. And then when you eat yeah. that food, that energy then transfers it's into energy. you. It's energy. It, it transfers Energy into you. is such a real thing. People want to the dismiss it as a hippy dippy thing, <laughs> but we are all sensitive to energy, whether you want to say it or not. Go ahead. Sorry. And <laughs> and so this is what she was saying. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You're making things up. And I would say, we started this diet in February, and then I transitioned away from meat March 18th. And I would say, probably starting in April, end of April, May my clarity started becoming really, really clear. And I have always been King Fog. Like, <laughs> always. Like, ah, uh, I don't know. I can't see it. Joy would be like, Justin, you need a drink. You need to go here. Like, what do you think about him? I don't have any thoughts. Like, I was always <laughs> just the empty-minded guy. And you recently, empty -minded. not empty-minded, but in comparison to you where your brain's at right. 7 million thoughts 
a millisecond. Mine is at seven thoughts a millisecond. Right. And just really in the last six weeks, I have noticed a shift in my mental clarity. Now, could it just be me changing as a person? Possibly. Or it could be that getting rid of this meat has really affected how my mental clarity is actually shaping up. I don't know, <laughs> but I can tell you this. I like it. <laughs> you, you sound like that person could be staring at Jesus in the clouds and be like, I don't know, it could be Jesus or it could be someone else. Like I'm not saying that. Like, come on. Give, give it some credit. I You know, I think, like I said, on as far as energy goes, the transfer situation is real. Uh, and that's why I said I trans I, I challenge people to do 60 days. And I, I haven't completely eliminated everything on a consistent basis. I've had some dairy, but I still haven't had any meat. Oh, I think, I don't know if I brought this up on the show, but I had Chipotle, <laughs> I had a vegetable, and they had a little piece of chicken in there. My mouth watered immediately. I was like, no, I spit it out. Oh, it was disgusting. My mouth just watered in disgust. It was, I mean, immediately. Ugh, that was not a good situation. <laughs> that was not a good situation. And I don't count that because I didn't, I didn't swallow anything. But I was just like, you know, this isn't for me. I, I don't think that I'll be going back to meet. I'd be surprised if the one thing that I'm con- not concerned about where it could be an issue is pregnancy. Because I do hear that you get some meat cravings. Mm. But you'll you'll make it happen. And, and for transparency's sake is I'm not as diligent as Joy. I still eat seafood. Yeah. We prepare vegan dishes at home. Yeah. But when I go out with friends or we're just going out to eat, I will order seafood with my yeah. meal. So I'm more of a pescatarian. I've just really eliminated meat products. Right. But in our home, we don't prepare anything besides vegan meals. Yeah. My goal is to be full on vegan, but I'm also still learning about it. So I th- And I don't think that the full transition will happen um, probably maybe not even for a couple of years, but the goal is still Yeah, you got to learn. Veganism. It's new new yeah. food products, how to cook it, how to I blend mean, there's it. So I'm so used to say buy some chicken and throw it on the grill, make some right. rice and broccoli and season it with right. 700 Call different it a things. Day. It is not like that. Meal and made. it's not even that it's difficult. It's just that because you don't know everything there is to know yet. You know, I know how to make tacos and spaghetti and all that. Like yeah. it's, it's common knowledge. So... Yeah, I'm enjoying it though. It's a good, it's a good situation, and we found two vegan restaurants. We did back to back and splurged this weekend. Yes. And it was delicious, and we had the biggest piece of cookie dough cheesecake. cheesecake. But it didn't have cheese right. because yeah, it was, it was vegan. a vegan cheesecake. It was so good. But it was still delicious and very filling. It was actually too good. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, and I like to diet. I, I will agree. You should try it, and and I I and am. I say sixty days because I don't think I don't think a month is enough. But I, I, you have to, to say this, too, is you, in order to really be successful with the diet is you have to be willing to prepare your meals at home. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, I'm going to try this and I'm only going to buy, you're going to be broke immediately. Yeah. And spend th- I shouldn't say you're going right. to be broke immediately, but you're going to spend hundreds of dollars yeah. trying to keep up. So if you, I would highly, highly recommend yeah. that you look for some recipes, find mm-hmm. something and prepare those meals 
at or us. shoot us an email. I'd be happy to send you some recipes that have really, you know, done Fair us truth. some some good. So and yeah. what's been interesting too with this diet is I've never really been a fan of eating the same thing all the time. But we found a few dishes. We'll eat it all, week. and we'll have the same dinner four nights yeah. in a row, and then we'll have it the following week. And it's like this is delicious. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> because I mean, really, it's just they're it's just, just natural flavors. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's nothing. You don't get tired to about it. it. Yeah. yeah, and they feed you a different way. Like you get a different amount of energy from. They make you feel good. You start to see the correlation between what you're eating and how it affects your body. It's nice. We went to Atlanta. Uh, last week, it was, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Your face right now, how you're sitting. I just, I, you know, I did. I, I don't know what else to say other than like, oh, wow. I just. If Atlanta wasn't in the South. That's the one thing. Is it, it is in this. I could see myself living in Atlanta. I need Atlanta to be a city away from Los Angeles in California. Right. That, that would, would be dope. Be, that <laughs> would be a, a good spot. But yeah. you talk to folks in Atlanta and they're like, eh, you can go about 30 minutes, 40 minutes outside of here. And then, you know, you're in the south. I'm cool off of that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just sit and in my also, little And also, they have real minutes. weather. That's the other thing. They do have real weather. But Atlanta is dope. I mean, shout out to the ATL folks. Right. I, the thing I love about Atlanta, and let's just be honest here, there are black folks everywhere. And growing up <laughs> in an environment where you were the only Chocolate speck of drop. color yeah. in your classrooms, in your community, on your sports teams, to be able to go into the grocery store and just be like, damn, everybody in here is black. To go to a restaurant and be it's like, amazing. damn, everybody here is black. It's, it's a culture shock. Right. And I'm like, right. yeah, this I think is for me, excellent. Because Justin, the way he explained it. I don't, and in sidebar, I don't know how you, you got men are single out there in Atlanta. Like, if you can't figure it out out there, I, they probably feel like it's like bringing sand to the beach. Yeah, you like, just hit the lot of like, nope, yeah. I'm not committing to one. I got hundreds and thousands of every There's type. There's so many beautiful women and handsome men out there. But I, when you said Atlanta was the way, but I, I expected to get off the plane and there was going to be a sea of black people. Like, you know, like I'm home. I've made it to the motherland. But it, it was more, it was a little, a lot more subtle than I realized or than I thought it was going to be. So I didn't quite notice what a privilege it was to be around people that looked like me yes. as much as when I got home. <laughs> and then we went to the grocery store and I saw there was not there was one other black person in the whole grocery store. <laughs> the whole grocery store. And, so, and then that's the reality that we're used to. But it's like I assimilated real quick. I was like, oh, yes, there are black people all the time, always everywhere. This is an abnormal and it, it it turns out it is. So and it's not that you just need to be around black people all the time. I genuinely am a fan of actual diversity. I think it's cool to be around many different cultures, but there is something to be said around being about being around a lot of people who look just like you. And there's something to be said about being the majority. Yes. For the first time in your damn life. That feels Let's nice. Let's be real. Oh, my gosh, that was nice. Yeah. I was like, this is, I mean, that's how white people get to kick it in America. All the time. Like, like Everywhere wow. we go, you look like me, you look like me, you look like that's, me, you look like it's me. It's a very interesting feeling. Everyone looks like me. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm very used to people not looking like me. I didn't even think it was a possibility. So now that now that I've been to Atlanta, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. kind of nice. So I'll go there every once shout in a while out for to, a re-up. Shout out to my ATL folks. Yes. We love you. I know we got a few listeners that are, yes. that are out there in Atlanta. We're going to be back. 
we yeah, just we'll be back. we're gonna come back. Just have to bathe I in that loved, black excellence. And they know that I love them. I loved your ATL friends. They're good people. I, I was like, oh my god, I love you guys. Yeah, they, they were awesome. Just good folks out there. Just good yeah. people. Good hearts. They, yeah. I just it's they have just sketchy everything. music opinions, but you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to – we won't we call won't you out. We won't roast you on the yeah, show. Yeah, we won't call you out on that yeah. horrific yeah. statement that you made about I think about that. I've been thinking about it ever of since. Of all time. Yeah, and I, I just chuckled to myself. Yeah, I won't, and e- I just I won't even do you like that, but yeah. just know you are wrong as hell. <laughs> right. As hell. I mean, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah, exactly. And this one stinks. <laughs> <Right>. Shit. <laughs> He's going to be like, really? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, I'm not going to identify you by name. Yeah. But We'll let you live. But just know you're wrong. Right. And the world will agree. Speaking of black excellence, we recently wrapped our first season with Blavity. If you have not been following our ongoing video series that we have with them, make sure you head over to Blavity's Facebook page and check out the videos. We released six different episodes talking about everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. They're quick-hitting topics all about relationships, celibacy, friendships, living together. Just a nice little snippet. Blavity is, is a dope platform that we are excited to be a part of. So if you guys have not check that out. Make sure you do. And also make sure you guys subscribe to our newsletter. We just sent one out recently and we link all of our Blavity videos right there in the newsletter. So if you haven't done that, head over to our website on the right side. You will see subscribe to our newsletter. Yes. And you will receive something. And I promise you, we're not going to blow up your email with a bunch of stuff, but you can get a little sprinkle of the Love Jays. Ladies and gentlemen, it has come to my attention that People seem to be confused about how sex works. <laughs> I mean, really confused. First of all, let's get this covered. Sex makes babies. Facts. Sex makes babies. I don't understand why people seem to be forgetting this. <laughs> I, this the strangest thing to me, sex makes babies. If I hear one more person say condoms don't feel good... But birth control is also not an option. What are you going to do? (laughs) So you're not going to use condoms and you're not going to use birth control. But you're going to be mad if the woman gets pregnant. Right. Or like, you know, but or you're just hoping that you won't get pregnant. Like as the woman, you know, I just (laughs) sex makes babies, everyone. Your face. I just, you know, and I understand mistakes happen. Like we we weren't always safe smart. With it. Yeah, no, not at all. No, like so. I and I do. I understand that. But like to consciously, consistently have unprotected sex, I just you're not getting it. Yeah, like you're. So back to that quote. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're not actively trying to prevent pregnancy, you're trying to get pregnant. Like that's just. You know, and I, that's, this, this isn't me judging anybody. Like, you know, just do what it do, but like. But be prepared for what may happen. And yeah. And I'm, we're, so this conversation more so comes up because I, I find that men tend to be in the camp of blaming women. True. For getting pregnant. Very true. Like, <laughs> they should have, like, shut off their cervix and their uterus and controlled their eggs. And if they just would have done that, this wouldn't have happened. I, it is idiotic for you to place all your faith in a woman taking birth control for pregnancy prevention. 
And STD prevention, obviously, too. Like, that's a whole other bag. Like, birth control is not protecting against that. So, it's like, you know, before you go sticking your pipe places, right? Or your, like, Slim Jim, whatever you got down there. <laughs> Damn. You know, wrap it up. Just wrap it up. And if you're not going to wrap it up, don't be mad if somebody ends up pregnant. Like, what's wrong with you? All true stories. All true yeah. statements. And well, what's interesting about this conversation, I was actually talking to one of my friends, and we were talking about pregnancy and unprotected sex. And I gave the example of you have, if you're having sex with someone and you don't use the condom and she gets pregnant, he, his response was, I'm going to be pissed off. And I said, well, how can you be mad that she's pregnant? Well, I mean, and he got really defensive when he started to explain his point. And I say, no, there's there's equal parts responsibility here. Yes. Is if you aren't actively preventing yourself from having a baby and she's not actively preventing herself from having right. a baby and you guys make a baby, that is a joint responsibility. Right. On a biological level, sex was meant for reproduction. Yeah. And yes, there are measures in place that allow us to selfishly enjoy it without reproducing babies. Right. And by all means, that is great. We are advocates of sex, and if you're having sex, you understand why we are advocates for it. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where he's like, you have to be a little more conscious, and you can't be upset if someone comes to you and says, hey, we might be having a baby. I don't know. It, it really blows my mind because I used to be the person who thought this same way. I was like, you know, I wore a condom. Like, if we have sex, like, no, we're definitely not having a baby. Like, you have to understand that. But the older I've got, yeah, I realize that that doesn't really make sense. You're saying if you weren't wearing a condom. No, just in general. Is okay. When you go and you when you decide, okay, I'm going to have sex with this person, there is a chance every time that you have sex yeah. that you can have a child. My mom was really good at, uh, at explaining that to my brother and I growing up. She said everyone that you have sex with can potentially be the mother or father Ooh, of your child. Gosh, imagine. Everybody. If, imagine if you had that thought. It's like, yeah. I'm going to have sex with you. This person could possibly be the mother of my child. Lord have mercy. I would have not have sex with, <laughs> I wouldn't have had sex with 99% of the people right. that I did. That's what I'm saying. So Gosh, like, that sounds horrible. But that's what I'm saying is people seem to forget that sex makes babies. That's, this is not, it's not a fake thing. This is why people end up with children with people they probably would not have chosen to have children with because they're not enjoying sex responsibly. I don't understand what because it doesn't feel as nice. So you're going to create a life with someone you're not trying to create a life with because it doesn't feel as nice. Like, listen to yourself. <laughs> really? Then just don't do it. Then maybe you just don't have sex with that person. Maybe you only have sex with people you're trying to reproduce with. I don't know. But, like, really, let's think about sex a little differently. And I know it's asking a lot. It's asking a lot because people – they're not trying to think like no, that. No, they're trying to have fun and be reckless, and I get that too. Yeah, and then I was I, once there too. Like I've, I, I've done, I've done reckless things. We've all been a little reckless, fine, but I, also the pullout method bothers me. And I, I have a, I know a couple pullout babies personally. They have faces, they have names, <laughs> they were born. That pullout method is not an actual method of birth control. Stop it! And we shouldn't have to tell grown people this. You are grown. If you're listening to this show. You're probably pretty grown, but you probably just had sex pretty irresponsibly as well. So it's like Mama Joy needs to <laughs> come into the fray and be like, hey. It, it's it's not even a, a being Mama Joy. It's 
just shifting the perspective and really understanding the truths of it. It's not us being judgy saying, oh, look at you guys having no. unprotected sex because I've done it before. Yeah. We've done it before. We, and we can be honest about that. And, We've and, done it before. And, and I wish somebody at that time would have been like, you're exactly. being dumb. You know, so let's Actually, I think we knew we were being dumb because that's the thing is you, you do kind of know. You do know that you're you being know. dumb, but you're like, yeah. okay, well, I'm going to roll the dice and, and see what happens. Yeah. But when that situation comes and that dice, those dice turn out to not roll in your favor, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. And, and the con- the, the consistency consistent thing I hear is well, I would be upset is that you can't really be upset over a specific consequence that you know directly yeah. can come from this action. Exactly. And I think men are, are guilty the most of this thought. And again, I used to be that same way. And Joy would say these different comments and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. That doesn't make any sense. And then I just started chewing on it. You know, when someone says something to you that you disagree with in the beginning and then you just go home and, and take a few days and start digesting it on your own. That was my thought when it came to when Joy brought this up. And I was like, no, it's 100 percent the woman's responsibility. Like, they're the ones that are in control of having the baby. They can decide. And but I was like, wait. That sounds a little sexist. Let me <laughs> let me re, let me rewind this and let's let's move through it. And then I finally come to understand is that no, Joy does make a perfectly good point. And this is equal parts responsible. Yeah. And this action has a direct consequence. It may not happen. Yeah. But if it does, you can't be upset that this is what's happening. That you are having a baby. Right. In our marriage, Joy and I still I still use condoms right. now because Joy and I are not trying to have a family yet right we are waiting until we decide that okay you know what we would like to to start having a child and at that point we will change our habits right. but right now and there's people asking me saying jay you use condoms in your marriage yes yeah. because joy's not on birth control because yeah. she gets a little looney tunes <laughs> when she's on birth control a little let me tell birth control and i weren't friends we just weren't at i all. tried to be friends i was a different person my personality Shifted. I think I'm actually pretty hormonally balanced. 100%. On, it, normally. And I think it was making me hormonally imbalanced. It was. Um, it was an issue. I can't We weren't getting explain. along. It was. I will 100%. To the point where I threatened birth control. Yes. That's <laughs> how bad it is. As a punishment. I go, I'm going to go birth control. He goes, no, you're not. I, I'm sprinting to the yeah. store. Give me the, the, the 100 count box. Right. No yeah. chance at all. Right. But. Yeah, that that is, and like I said, people have asked me, "Is like you do that in your marriage?" And I've said, "Yes." It was like it feels so. I was like, "I understand what feels good and feels great." Yeah, and trust we me, all that. we would want nothing more yeah. than to not use them. But the reality is, is I know what can come from not yeah. being responsible sexually. It's just like the same damn thing with with, with money. Is it okay? Well, I can go out and make this purchase. I may not be able to afford it. <laughs> you may be able to afford it. Sometimes you find the way to you find the money to, to go ahead and pay it off. Other times you don't, and now you're slapped with a big fat bill. Interest compounds, and all of a sudden you're reeling. You would compare it to finances. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just saying. That I also want this is the reality to bring it up because I think men and, and women are guilty of sometimes thinking of abortion as a last defense. And and I'm I am pro choice, hundred percent pro choice. I think, but I do think that once. A baby is in a woman's kingdom. It is up to her. It's up, like I don't think that that's a joint decision. I don't think that a man should be able to say, "Okay, well, you got pregnant," which is what they say. You got pregnant, <laughs> like it's her fault. Like she, like she caught it, like a cold. You got it. <laughs> uh, and now I think you should, you should not have this baby. You should get an abortion. I don't think that that's right. That is not the last line of defense. It, it, it shouldn't. I mean, I guess it is. Um, but that, I think, needs to be 
the woman's decision. I don't think a man should be thinking, well, if she does get pregnant, I'll just make her get an abortion. Like, that's And And my stupid. friend had brought that point up in his yeah. argument of saying, well, if both of us are responsible for having this baby, why is it her decision only Because it to now it? lives in, look, the sperm lived in you. <laughs> that was your responsibility to take care of those. And then when, where you release them is your say. And then where they end up is a, that's that's then her decision because then now she's carrying them. And I agree with that. Yeah. The, the woman has to deal with that forever. Exactly. It is unacceptable to ask somebody to expel something or someone from their reproductive organs just because you say so. Like because you couldn't stop getting your nut off the way you wanted to get it off and now she has to deal with the consequences of that. That's ludicrous. <laughs> It is. It is. But there are people out here who are going to make the argument so strong. No, please come at me, bro. That's how I feel. Like, (laughs) let's have this conversation. Because, I mean, and not even like, oh, you're lose, but you're wrong. You are 100% wrong. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to bring that up because I'm tired of hearing that dialogue. (laughs) I'm really tired of it. I'm just like... I, we're I'm, not, I'm not using condoms. We'll be cool. Okay, I'm, that's fine. You don't have to you use it. You will have a but child. But don't be pissed off yeah. or upset or surprised if you have a baby. Yeah. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Is understand there is a consequence to some of these actions. Right, and babies Sometimes, are a blessing. Let's be honest about that, too. I really do think babies are a blessing no matter when they come. But consequence isn't always a bad thing. Right. I use well, the word consequence, yeah. but there's a, there's a good— It does have a negative yeah, connotation. It, it does, and most times there's a negative effect to it, but it is a— Yeah, there's a consequence of— Of having sex. Yeah. Or babies. And that's, that is good. Yeah. That could be bad for some people. It all depends. But just be willing to accept and understand that if it happens— Yeah. Emoji shrugs. Right. <laughs> so in closing, sex makes babies. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to keep it 100. I'm sure you guys were listening like, whoa, I wasn't ready for them to go all the way there. But that is what we do. Yeah. Love Jays. Yeah. We just got to keep 100 because if we're not going to keep 100 with y'all, who's going to keep 100 yeah. with you? And I'm never going to stand for women shaming. I don't think we need to, we need to stop shaming women for getting pregnant. Like, it's a thing that they did It's on a joint own. responsibility. Yeah. Period. Like, yeah. Stop it. Absolutely stop it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And, of course, share it with your friends. And if you have not yet written a review for us on iTunes, make sure you get that done this week. As always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.